and he lost his job at the factory. He was down on his luck. What's that tell you? He didn't know the Lord. He depended on luck. That's the same root word for Lucifer. We're blessed. Amen. Amen. But I don't mean to spoil the joke. <laughs> Jimmy lost his job at the factory. He was down on his luck. And his wife left him. He ran out of his, uh, what's that money they give you if you, I think, I never had it, but yeah, unemployment ran out and uh, lost his apartment, he got evicted. And so anyway, packed up a couple little things he had in there and, and just took off walking. Made him a little sign says, I'll work for food. And he walked part of the day and he, he got really hungry and he came across a parsonage. That's, uh, that's when the church provides a house for a, uh, a frozen chosen uh, <laughs> preacher. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't <even> say that. <laughs> And uh, so, and he walked up, knocked on the door, and, and the, the, the preacher's wife answered, and he, he told her, you know, I, I don't want anything, I'm just hungry, you know, and I can do just about anything. And she's like, well, I don't need anything, you know, and she didn't know him. And, and he was persistent, and she said, well, can you paint? He said, yeah, oh, yeah, I can really paint. <laughs> yeah, just give me a chance. And she said, okay, and so she goes and she, after a minute, she finds the right paint bucket and she comes back and she hands it to him. She says, okay, go around back and paint the porch and uh, I'll cook you dinner. He said, all right. And he went around back and about 45 minutes later, he comes back and knocks on the front door. She said, you already finished? He said, yeah, absolutely. He goes, but I think, I think you should know that's not a Porsche, it's a Volvo. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for all of your blessings. Thank you for all your beautiful children that are here, all those who will hear this message by some other means. I just ask that you use me, Lord, today, and thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke. We just thank you that your word is powerful and mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, Lord. And we just want to get our minds, our hearts, our souls in agreement with you, with our born-again born again spirits, Lord. So help us grow in that direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, The biggest threat to the enemy of your soul, which is Satan, is for you to understand who you are and what you have in Christ. Amen. Yeah. The occult or witchcraft, which I, I talked about when they had their holiday recently. <laughs> Which is really not, not just people with pointy hats and green noses and riding around on broomsticks. It's any pagan culture and religion, society, anything that doesn't require Jesus as a means to get to God. Or Jesus as God. Or Jesus dying on the cross for your sins and raising from the dead. That is the occult. And that's basically the only term we have for it in the, as Christians is witchcraft. But it always tries to obscure one thing. The truth about Jesus Christ crucified on the cross of Calvary and raised from the dead. Yeah. The truth that Jesus is God 
and the devil and his demons got their teeth kicked in and were led as defeated foes um, in triumphal procession before all of the heavenly hosts and armies of God. Praise God. I don't celebrate Halloween for the same reason pagans don't celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I refuse to give glory to a defeated foe. Amen. Amen. And the devil doesn't want the world to know he already lost. You have a father in heaven who loves you very, very much. John 3.16 says, as you know, that for God so loved the world, the whole world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me ask you a question. Why is this so offensive? <laughs> Why is this so offensive to the world? Because Satan's demonic deception has influenced the hearts and minds of the world. The deceitfulness of sin. Uh, there's only two kingdoms, one of light and one of darkness. And the deception, one of the deceptions of the world is that there's some gray area in the middle. I can tell you the fence belongs to the devil. Yeah. And I told you before that the devil is not afraid of uncommitted Christians. Thank you for that deadly silence. John 1.17, which is the scripture this church was, the name of this church came from, says that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. And without both, every person is doomed to hell. It's encouraging so far. <laughs> Here's the thing. Satan has deceived an entire generation that evil is good and good is evil and that the truth of God is hateful. How, how can this be? When God is love and he only wants good for you and for me and for those who are deceived. Actually, he wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth and to be saved from damnation and hell. Second Peter uh, 3 9. <clears throat> At the cross, God won a victory, spiritual, military, political, greatest victory of all time, over all the powers of darkness. Amen? Amen. Jesus kicked the devil's teeth out and he provided you with victory for all eternity and for every area of your life while you are here on earth. And he also put his what? His light, which is the life of Jesus Christ, into this jar of clay like I talked about recently. In these earthen vessels, this jar of clay, this this, this light is shining through, through that humble jar of clay so that none of us will claim that it's us. Yeah. It's his power, amen, working in us if, it, if there's anything good. Only, only, only thing good is God, Jesus amen. said. He told that young man, he said, uh, good master, what must I, he said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. So either drop the good or, 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 or call me God. So he dropped the good. He couldn't call him God. He would have been right to do so, but he didn't see it. 
You're the salt and the light of this world. He left us here to turn our mess into a message so we can go help others with the same help that we have received. Amen. He gave you the five-fold ministry, all of it. Not just a, a pastor who is building the kingdom unto himself and won't any, let any of the other gifts flow or come into their city. You need, you need everyone's measure. You need all of it. You're going to be exposed to as much of it as I can get to you. I'm not everything to everybody. Anybody who thinks they are are just a legend in their own mind. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, something about salt is your salt. A little salty. <laughs> but it's a for for what the uses for the natural use that he's trying to explain, things we understand, right? But it's a preservative, right? For the for what it's trying to pre preserve, like the meat. And it's also um, kills the bacteria that would destroy the meat. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So it preserves the good stuff and fights off the bad stuff. Yeah. That's you. Supposed to be. <laughs> why, is, uh, why is this wonderful God of love who gave such an amazing sacrifice for us and for all who would receive him, why is so offensive? Let me, you know, there was such a divine exchange of the cross. You, you know, I mean, we just need to remind ourselves sometimes of all, all that was accomplished on the cross. I can't do it in one day, but I can just give you a, a little bit of a, a reminder, a refresher. Peter said, redundancy is good in God. <laughs> It's good that I go over the same thing so you so you don't forget. You stay built up in your faith. Jesus received all of the evil due to us so we could receive all the good that was due to him. Amen. Yeah. You've been credited with everything that Jesus did. But you look in the mirror and you still feel condemned because you're just, you're thinking you're, you're unworthy and that God is, you're still trying to do a, be a, a do to be instead of a be to do. Say, I'm a be to do, not a do to be. I don't have to earn a relationship with God, you see. He was punished on the cross that we could be forgiven. So there's the main thing. Forgiveness is wonderful. That's the main thing. You, you, you actually used your faith for that when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Now you need to press in and use it for the rest of the things that he provided by grace. If it wasn't, if it wasn't provided through the atonement on the cross, then it's not grace. And you're not going to get God to give it to you by begging for it. But if it was included, you need to know about it. And you need to just fight for it. Fight to keep it. What Jesus died to provide you with. Amen? Yeah. The Bible says in, in uh, Isaiah 53 and, and 1 Peter 2, 24, that, that, that by Jesus' stripes you were healed. So he was, he was wounded so that you could be healed, right? And a lot of people say, well, yeah, you know, but that's just spiritual healing and they try to spiritualize everything. Well, the problem is Matthew quotes that scripture. Uh, he quotes Isaiah in, in, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Don't go there, Will. Um, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, where it says that Jesus, you remember when he healed Peter's mother-in-law? And then a bunch of key people started coming to the house and uh, that, had, that had demonic spirits and he cast them all out with a word and he healed all who, all who were sick. 
And he said he did this to fulfill the prophecy, what Isaiah had said, that he bore our sicknesses and infirmities, right? So is that talking about spiritual healing? No. Hello? Do I have to go over there? They were physically sick and he healed them and he says this is what Isaiah was talking about. So how can you say it was a spiritual thing only? Anyways, not that any of you say that. You all believe in healing here. That's pretty, That's a good thing. And he was made sin. Listen, he was made sin with our sinfulness. Any of you ever sinned? No hands. Wow. Well, listen, if you don't raise your hand, you're trying to correct God, and I don't recommend it. He said all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we all were sinners, and Jesus became that sin on the cross, and we became his righteousness. You are reborn, made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Isaiah 53, 10, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And Jesus, what else did he do? He laid down his life. He says, he says I have the power to lay it down and take it up again. God, that's amazing. That's awesome. But he did. He laid down his life. He tasted death for us that we could share in his life. And that is eternal life. Death has lost its sting for us. Amen. Hebrews 2.9, he took it. And now we have eternal life. Amen. We don't. We're not ever going to suffer in eternal darkness or the or the white throne judgment. We uh, have passed from death unto life. We will transition one day, and it's going to be a, a much better thing. Amen. You know, don't get in too much of a hurry because he wants you. He needs you doing stuff for him here. We need to be kingdom builders while we're here. If you really knew, I mean, if we really believe and really know what heaven and hell are like, you wouldn't want your worst enemy to go there and you just be out, you know, you just you just need to reignite those fires. We need to kick the tires and light the fires. Amen. <laughs> he was made a curse so that we could receive the blessing. This is in Galatians chapter 3. You can read it in the 13th, 14th verse. And, but in it, there are Christians who still struggle with lots of aspects of the curse. But you've been delivered from all that. Well, it's hereditary. They even make you fill it out. They even make you, I don't do that. You know, when I go to the doctor, I don't put that down. I don't claim that. You're not going to lump me into something. I have the blood of Jesus, of course, and through my veins. Yeah, he don't have a history of any kind of sickness. And so I don't either. I died with him on that cross and raised a new life. Glory to God. Listen, he endured our poverty that we might share in his abundance. Now listen, this is, you know, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. You can, that's easy to remember. Deuteronomy, you can read in the, 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 the Old Testament, the, the, the chapter on blessings and curses, chapter 28, verse 47 and 48. So there's a lot of people enduring things, aspects of the curse that you don't have to. And all you need to do is find out who you are and what you have in Christ. And then you just run them off with use your authority in the name of Jesus. When you get mad at the devil and you find out he's been, you know, you, you, you know, you ever been, you ever found out on your credit card bill, you've been being charged by or double for two years by on something like Netflix or something. I'm just using things that Tavana and I may or may not have been through. <laughs> It, it quite makes you quite upset, you know, and uh, you'll do something about it, by golly, right? And if you, you know, you need to get, it's worse than that. 
when the devil is stealing from because he's a liar and a deceiver, and he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you find out the truth in God's promises, because the provisions in the promises, when? Because that's the grace of God. The promise of God toward you is yes and amen. That's grace. How do you obtain it? By my righteous are called to live by the faith. Thank you, Jesus. That's the hand that reaches out and it takes hold of the things provided by grace, doesn't it? you got to believe. If you're going to be a believer, it's good to be a believing believer. Amen. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> so, I don't want to get into the curses because I'll stay there all day long. And I, because, I, But it's good to... To, to look into what they were. So you know, hey, because you will, if you really believe this and you start reading the curses and then read the blessings too and just claim every one of them for yourself. And then if you see the curses, I mean, if you, you, you really believe this. When you read that, you see mildew in your house, you're going to say, oh no, devil. That was part of the curse. So was them rods, folks. Know what that is? Cancer. Tumors. <laughs> and I'll just list two more that were sort of biggies for me. How many of you, when you before you came to the Lord, you know, and at the end of yourself, you know, you, there's just, there's a little, there's a lot of shame involved, you know. And, and honestly, I mean, you don't want to live in shame now because Jesus took that shame that we could share in his glory. So anyone that tries to shame you, uh, that's something Jesus endured on the cross. So, you see, there's a lot of litmus tests. When you start to know God and his will and his ways and the things Jesus bore on the cross, if he took it and it was ugly and negative and it was yours and he took it on the cross, you don't have to endure that anymore. It doesn't mean you can go live in a lascivious lifestyle. You know, don't make, don't make Paul almost cuss again. <laughs> because we're under grace, shall we just go on sinning? Oh! No! Exclamation point, exclamation point. Kidding? How can you rebuild what God has torn down? Not who you are anymore. Ruins your witness. Opens doors for the devil into your life. Hmm? It's not your nature anymore. He took our rejection. So the shame and rejection were big things with me. Rejection you know, everybody deals with rejection at some level. You know, some of you came with it. In my case, I had a I had a mother that had me out of wedlock, and I was the youngest of five. The other four had the same kid, and then when she left an abusive husband, she was young and married him at like 14. So I guess she went and did everything he had been doing for a minute, at least at least once. Sorry, Mama. <laughs> It'll help somebody. And, you know, I just, and I know, and then she came all the way from Lubbock to Mama in Texas City, you know. And uh, and uh, thankfully there was a man named Brocker who married her and all his kids and all her kids. And gave, they gave me, I didn't even know he wasn't my dad until I was a grown man. But. I also know the challenges she faced and how brave she had to be, that young woman, scared and alone and and uh, just out there, you know. I'm so glad she was pro-life. Every activist in this country is sure glad their parent was, their mama was pro-life. You'll get that later, I guess, but... Well, we're accepted in God. Jesus took all that rejection. God turned his face again away from Jesus so he would never have to take it away from you, his presence again. 
Matthew 27, verses 45 through 51. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. You're doing good, huh? You are. Not, not it. Because I just want to get through this. It's not, I'm just making a point. I wanted to remind you of all these wonderful things that this loving God who is love and he, he wants that for the whole world. Why is he called, why is it called bad? Why is, why are we detested for proclaiming this good God that loves them? Why is it so offensive to the world? Because Satan, that great serpent, and I don't call him great, but it's just a, the great serpent, that dragon, that liar, that deceiver, he doesn't want you to worship God. That's right. Huh? Because in his pride, he has never repented of his claim of deity, even though he was kicked out of heaven for it. But he wants the world to worship him. He's never changed his mind about that. He tried to get Jesus to do it. And Jesus answered him with the word. It is written three times and he departed from him. He resisted the devil and he fleed from him. James 4, 6. Somewhere like that. And by the way, he is never going to be allowed repentance by God. We're in the middle of a war, a demonic war against especially our young people and against our nation. And unless the church repents at large, I mean, and develops a hunger and relationship with the word of God, which is Jesus without eyeballs. You understand that, right? I mean, do you understand how Mary was impregnated? All the prophecies that were, that were spoken about Jesus and the virgin birth were still in the air, huh? We're still in the spiritual realm. When Mary was chosen, she accepted it and said, so be it unto me. The seed of that word that came into her womb and germinated and took root and bore fruit. Jesus Christ. This word is powerful, folks. We have to develop a hunger and a thirst for this relationship with the Word of God. We need to grow in the grace and knowledge. I told the folks at Army, we had, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred in there yesterday. It was awesome. Andrew and Greg and all those guys came and asked me to speak. First. I, I, was, I was blessed by that. But so I told him, you know, we, we have to, you have to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you ever think you already know all that, then you've, you've just become a legend in your own mind. We have to embrace grace and truth. That's, that's the problem in the body of Christ. That's the problem in the body of Christ. They've taken a perverted grace and run with it. And then the legalistic side just, just takes the truth with no grace. And both of those are very deadly. It's like grace and faith. There's a balance there that has to be maintained. Common table salt. Or the NaCl2. Sodium chloride. You know, sodium is poison. And so is chloride. How many of you get, y'all are all signed up to get your millions from Camp Lejeune? <laughs> they tell me about it 8,000 times a day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get some money from there. Never even been there. <laughs> Just kidding. But it's because of chloride. It's poison. But listen, 
you put them together in the right composition, it's something you can't live without. Common table salt. Not too much, I understand all that, but you got to have some. You, you, you can't, believe me, if you don't have it, you'll die. Yeah. You might have too much of it, but <laughs> you got to have it. Same with, with faith and grace. Hmm? So anyway, if we don't do the things that I'm talking about as a as the church, there's a reason I'm talking about the church right now. Is because without that, this nation doesn't stand a chance. Yes. Amen. Amen. You see? Yep. See, God's plan for salvation for the whole world, it, 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 Jesus accomplished everything necessary, but his, his plan A, and there's no plan B, to get the message out, the hands and feet and lips of Jesus is the church. And if they're not speaking the truth in love, because it could be offensive, then where's the world stand? Condemned. Because they're already condemned, you see. Why are you so worried about hurting someone's feelings with the truth, which is love, when they're already dead in their sins and trespasses, and that's the only, only help they can possibly get is the truth of God's Word. Peter said, where are we going to go, Lord? He said, you know, all these multitudes are following Him. And so Jesus just said some really hard things. He, he often did. And he offended a lot of folks. John chapter 6. Disciples came and said, you, you don't you know you offended? Oh, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you know part of me. What the heck is this cannibal talking about? <laughs> he didn't explain himself. And John 6, 6, 6, many departed and followed him no more. Spirit of Antichrist came upon them. Then he turned to the disciples and said, Oh my God, they all left me. Only have you few left. Please, let me let me explain. Let me let me buy you all a car or a donkey or something so you can stay with me. And no, he didn't. He said, Y'all want to leave too? Peter said, No, you have the words of life. Where are we going to go? You have the words of life if you're not scared of them. They can save people's souls. I, I saw a quote from Mario Murillo. Anybody know who he is? Um, I'm sorry I didn't get to go meet him in uh, Colorado um, last month, was it? Anyway, did you go, Don? No. Yeah. Anyway, he... I just read this last night. They said that he said the church will survive without America, but America will never survive without the church. And that's a true statement. Um, The world desperately needs the church, but the true church is having trouble identifying with Jesus. Frankly, there's a breakdown in identity with God's people. We are literally we are literally God's lifeline to a drowning world, folks, and we don't even know that we're the lifeguard on duty. We got we got PSF80 all over our shades. And we can't even see that Jaws is out there in the water with the folks that Jesus died to bring salvation to. The enemy is knocking on the door 
And we're excited acting like it's the pizza guy. It's not Uber Eats, folks. It's a demonically influenced mob with a court order and a scalpel in their hand ready to carve your children up and attach a tail and whiskers on them because they filled out a form in the school counselor's office that said they identify as a kitty cat. Amen. Amen. Preach it. 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 None of you left yet. <laughs> I'm not wrong, folks. No, you're not. You're silent. <clears throat> Go to Second Timothy three, chapter seven. Nope. Second Timothy three is the chapter, verse one through seven. Second <laughs> Timothy chapter three. We're talking about the end times here. Godlessness in the last days, you know. Perilous times, he talks about. Starting in the first verse of 2 Timothy chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty or perilous or fierce times. For people will be lovers of self. That's the biggest, the biggest problem in our culture. Lovers of money. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. You, th you think we're close to those times? Yes. Any of those characteristics characteristic of today's culture? Yes. You know, just that I can, I could, we could do a message on every one of these. And since we we passed um, Satan's holiday and we're coming upon the what should be one of the greatest holidays in the in the country, which is Thanksgiving, um, it's just not where we get to eat and drink whatever we want and then look forward to shopping till we drop the next day, folks. This. Thanksgiving should be some mean something. Un ungrateful that that right there. If we just cultivate a thankful heart, just every day, just start at your feet and work your way up. If you have any, if you don't, start at the first thing you do have that works and just talk about it. Thank God for it. There's always something good. There's always more good than bad. It, you know, if you got a roof over your head and clothes on your body and something to eat, you know, there's there and 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 your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That that should be enough to sustain us through this flicker of a life. And I'm listen. I, I'm a prosperity preacher. I tell you that. I'm believing for you all to have way more than you could ever ever need for yourself and the reason that you have it is because because God has recognized that he that when he gets it to you he's getting it through you yes. and that you're blessed to be a blessing Amen. and that you're a kingdom builder and you've been a good steward you've been faithful in the little so he's promoting you to much and then you'll never say turn it off Lord just say keep making me a better and better steward give me wisdom Yeah. Yes. Arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It's an abiding fruit of the Spirit, you see? But you just have to practice it. Brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. This is counterfeit faith. Counterfeit faith. People claim power without God behind it, you see. 
That's counterfeit faith. That's provided by the devil. What's one example of that? For someone to say, I'm a self-made man. What a lie. The Holy Spirit is the power of God for a Christian. Our power comes from the Holy Spirit. Anything good, any accomplishment. Paul said, Paul said, I, I, all these things that I've done, and he was, he was quite accomplished. He would have probably been the high priest, it's my guess. He was on his own track. Anyway, he lists all that stuff, and, but, but he wasn't bragging. He said, I count it all as dung, just trash, manure. Just all, I, all I'm going to say is Christ and him crucified. That's all I pretend to know. That's all you need to know. There's power in that. You see, you could, you could talk about all the doctrine and all the theology and all that, Holy Spirit just yawn. But when you start declaring Christ and Him crucified and the power of God unto salvation and in Christ alone, Holy Spirit stands up and says, Okay, I'll I'll confirm that with signs and wonders. You want to flow in the gifts? Make sure you know who's getting all of the glory. Let me show you this. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So all the all the evil that you see that is... Uh, being propagated by the the media and uh, the entertainment world and and uh, politics and all that all that leaven religion false religion and politics Herod and Pilate <laughs> huh don't worry about them prospering they won't for long just keep doing what the word says the greatest grace preacher of all time wrote this and he's saying you have you however have followed my teaching my t my conduct my aim in life my faith my patience my love my steadfast my persecutions and sufferings why isn't he just talking about new cars and houses and blessings and faith because listen, persecutions are guaranteed to come with your faith. And if you're not willing to endure persecutions on account of Jesus, the world is doomed to hell. Verse 8. Just as, look at this, let me back up a little bit. Denying its power, where I said in verse 5, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and lay astray, led astray for various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. These are people that are wise in their own eyes. But they're not ever going to accept that God is the source of everything good and all real truth. And, and that if it weren't for him, they couldn't even walk across the floor without falling down. Just as Janice and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. Or... A better translation of this is they had a counterfeit faith. You know who Janice and uh, Jambres are? 
Well, those are the magicians that were in Pharaoh's court when Moses went back to get the children, the Hebrews, out of slavery. They were probably the, the relatives of Balaam. Nevertheless, it's probable that Moses knew them. They're probably the ones that told Pharaoh about the prophecy of the coming deliverer and, and which inspired him to kill all the babies. And then they ended up probably being teachers of Moses for a time. Nevertheless, let's go with what we do know. They were the magicians in Pharaoh's court. They weren't godly. They were had a counterfeit faith. And the remember when Moses threw down his staff and it became a snake, a snake or or Aaron did, but anyway, Moses his representative, whatever, the staff of God, he threw it down and became a snake. Well, they, they did that too. Matter of fact, the first three miracles, they duplicated. That's why Pharaoh wasn't that impressed. Like, can you do that? They're like, yeah. They brought frogs too. They turned water into blood as well. But when Moses kept going... In power, they came to the end of themselves and of their ability to do more. And they said, Man, we, we can't do it anymore. This is God. <laughs> and that's what it's going to come down to, folk, in these end times. That's why I've been saying for almost 15 years now that people... These, this end times bride is going to be adorned with all the gifts and the spirit walking in power and authority and victory and love because that's what it's going to take because the enemy is going to be disguising himself as an angel of light. There's going to be counterfeit for every good thing God has. There's going to be a cheap counterfeit offered up by Satan. They made their staffs into snakes, but but remember Moses' staff ate theirs up. So 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 check that out, right? So those those uh, false magicians, those wizards, those demonic counterfeit faith men, they left court without a staff, and Moses left with a stronger, fatter one. Amen. Amen. <laughs> If God is for you, who can be against you? Nobody. But do you believe that? Jesus, this is something the Lord has been telling me all week. You're like Superman. Jesus is like Superman. Let me just, Jesus is like Superman, and you are in Jesus. You are in Christ. You are one. He gave you his authority, his power, his everything at his everything that's his is yours. Yes? So Jesus is, is stronger than Superman, and you're in Christ, but unbelief is your kryptonite. Paul said you have to sell out to the word of God, the truth of God. He was the greatest grace preacher of all time, but there in, in 2 Timothy 3.10, he's, he's, not, he's not talking about us prospering like some churches. And, and again, I'm all about prosperity. We will have wonderful times in the Lord talking about how God wants to prosper you. And He will if you just believe and receive and, and sow toward Him and to participate in His spiritual laws that He has in place to get financial blessings to you. Sow, sow towards your need, sow a seed, sow to where you want to grow. So if what you have isn't enough, 
Meet your need, make part of it your seed. Don't eat your seed. You're going to hear all these things from me. Wrap expectancy around your seed. So it into the kingdom for and to multiply for God's work and believe for a hundredfold return for seed to the sower. Amen. Amen. But hard times are coming, folks, because there's a third great awakening that we have entered into the infant stages of. And because it's the third, we can look at the first two, and they all came on the heels of some very terrible tragedies in this country. One was right around the the American Revolution. Hard, hard, hard times. The other, uh, slavery. Civil War. Terrible, terrible times. You can't even imagine. So, Yes, we want revival. Yes, we want an awakening. An awakening can last two, three decades, you see. It's where the entire nation is awakened to the heart. Their hearts are turned to God, you see. And we have begun that. It doesn't look like it, but believe me, we have. People are getting fed up with being fed up. They're tired of thinking, man, this can't even be real, but it is. He was kingdom minded. That's why he always said, you know, these light and momentary afflictions, even when he was in in change, you know. How can you say something like that? Because he was kingdom-minded. He was a kingdom builder. He saw the big picture, just like Jesus did when he hung on that cross, despising its shame, because he looked past that and he saw you in the future. And it was worth it. It was all worth it because of that. The Word of God will prepare you and give you the power of discernment, which you're going to need in these end times. You're going to need it to recognize the all the the, the counterfeits that Satan offers up. Yeah? Because it won't be easy and it will be impossible if you don't if you're not steeped in the word of God, the truth of God. That's the point. You've got to put on the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. And you notice there are six pieces of armor. That's not perfect. That's not complete. There's something missing. So you just read on and you'll see what the seventh piece is. It's, the, it's, the, it's praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. He says, do it at all times. Notice this about the armor as well. It's it's something you have to put on. It's it, it's it, it doesn't grow on you like fruit. Jesus is the the vine. You're the branches. The fruit will grow if you continue in the in the Word and in your Christian life and growing in your relationship with Him. The fruit of the Spirit will grow on your branch as long as you stay connected to the vine the armor is not going to grow on you you have to pick it up and put it on every day (laughs) you can't fight the unseen army that is against you in the flesh you can try and you'll lose You love the Lord. You belong to Jesus. If you try to fight spiritual battles in the flesh, you'll lose. You'll suffer loss. God has provided you with His armor and instructed you to put it on. You need the supernatural armor of God. If your life as a Christian isn't supernatural, it's superficial. How many times I got to say that before y'all can finish it for me? If your life isn't supernatural, it's 
Superficial. <laughs> the book of Acts has 28 chapters in it, right? If you were to take the supernatural out of the book of Acts, there would not be a single chapter intact. And this is the only example in the Bible that we have of how the church should conduct itself is the book of Acts. So what does that tell you? So you might want to look over this week, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit. And remember that they are gifts of the Spirit. God gives grace. They're grace gifts. God gives grace to the... He opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Humility and faith worketh by love. If you... You should eagerly desire the gifts. You need them. But it needs to be from a heart motivated by love for a sick and dying world. Compassion needs to rise up inside of you. You need to look around and see the reality. You see, I've noticed in the world, especially... You know, like say, take a mother, for instance, and not against anyone, but mothers just have a love for their children and they just want them always just to be okay. I mean, fathers too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But when you do it to the extent that, hey, I don't care if they know God, I don't care if they ever serve God or accept Jesus as Lord, just, just want them to be happy. That's, that's demonic, folks. Of course you want them to be well and, you know, you don't want your kids sleeping under a bridge or on drugs somewhere. You know, I'm not saying, don't, don't, don't put too much into what I'm not saying. I'm just saying that God needs to be first. We're only here for a flicker and eternity is a long time and heaven is real and so is hell. To fear God, which is a requirement for Christians, and that's not fear of judgment or punishment because you've already passed from death to life. Jesus bore all that. I think I explained that pretty well. I didn't even have to turn all the scriptures, but I can. But to, the fear of the Lord is just a reverent awe and, and, and respect and love for a, a, a father who... Created everything. Who loves you and has his picture in your wallet. Your picture in his wallet. If any of you have his picture in your wallet, I want to see it. But to fear God is to fear nothing else. The fear of man brings a snare. That's the trap of the devil. You have to be willing to speak the truth in love. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know in the United in England, I can't say that without going to jail. I can say the Bible says. That's how close we are, folks. You think this nation is that much further away from it? Not to mention in China, I'll go to I'll be just for having this. Yeah. Because they're the, the, the government's the God there. And, and, and you can't claim a deity other than... Do you understand how blessed we are here? And do you understand how fragile that is? If people did, they would not. You know? God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Two genders. He hasn't repented of that. The other 57 or whatever, one political party created in this nation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against anyone. But I mean, if that doesn't wake Christians up and go, wait a minute now. Huh? Yeah. 
something's not right, then what will? I'll just, I got, I feel like I need to finish, and so I'm not going to prolong this agony any longer. <laughs> I'm not trying to torture y'all. I'm trying to, this is a wake-up call. Yes, because we're entering into an awakening. Yes, they awaken the, coming coming out of a, a, a deceptive, uh, counterfeit faith called woke. Yes. Into a real awakening yes. to the truth. Amen. To shoot down the lying counterfeit of the enemy that he Amen. has presented and, and, and made a large part of our nation fall for. Yes. Amen. They need your help. Yes. This is not a hateful thing. No. This is a loving thing. God is love and his truth, Jesus is the truth. And if God is love, then how can the truth of God's word be hateful to people? Jesus said this in Matthew, and I'm I'm closing. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36. Do not think that I come to bring peace to the earth. What about peace on earth, goodwill toward men? God was talking about, I'm sending the way, the truth, and the life. The way back to me for all those who will accept Him. That's peace between God and man for all those who will accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Not peace between man. Anyone that says that, I don't know how they can get that from that passage of Scripture because there's not been peace between man and man ever. And there won't be until Jesus comes back. But he said, don't think that I come to bring peace to the earth. I have come, not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Now, is that what Jesus wants? God is love. Is that love? Division and enemies within a family and a marriage and all that and, and separation and division. That is not what God wants. He's saying, that's what I have brought to the earth. And why? Because of the sword that he brought, which is what? This is the sword. The truth of his word. It is offensive to those living outside of it. When you have built an entire life around a lie. Thank God if you're not in that category. There are people that I know and love. That I grew up with. And man, it's been so many decades now that they've built their life around things. That if they were to even think about uprooting them, it just devastate them. And for that reason, they reject, they can't even hear it now. Now they're reprobate. And so now you know what they get out of life? This life. Folks, I, I mean, this is serious. Don't, I love those people. I, I don't want their destiny for them. I don't know. And the church is the only answer they have. The only help that's available to them. But the church is like, well, we just need peace. You know, everybody just needs to get along. That's not what Jesus said. He said, I came to bring this division. In other words, not wanting the division, but it has to be made known. Because then I know the ones who chose me and the ones who chose Darkness. But then when they stand before him, there won't be any excuse. At least they will have been presented with an opportunity over and over and over and over again. You have to wax cold. Dip, dip, 
dip, reject, 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 until there's so much wax in that ear that you can't even hear him anymore. One more scripture because I don't want to end on a, a bad note. And then, because I I really think the Lord is going to be, we're going to have to be in the, Revel, the book of Revelation some in the near future. Um, so uh, if I dare to tread where no preacher will go. Um, but it, it, it's necessary. But, but today I don't want to go into any of that. Uh, some of the parts that uh, we're going to discuss. I'm, I want to talk to you about Revelation chapter 7, and I'm closing right here. Messiah, buddy. Um, Revelation chapter 7, verses 14 through 17. Okay. Everybody there? Revelation chapter 7, verses 14 through 17. I said to him, Sir, you know, and he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They will hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We win, folks. We win. Jesus has won the victory, and you're his, and he is jealous for you, and he loves you. And he's the author and finisher of your faith. He who started this good work in you, he's going to bring it all the way to the finish. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your truth, your love, your grace and mercy. Thank you for growing us in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Your truth, Lord, which will set us free. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to be strengthened in that and to be bold as a lion and as loving as a lamb, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for your passion, your compassion, your love and mercy in us and help us to share your truth in love with a hurting, hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh,